The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So I talk a lot about how much therapy saved my life and how lucky I am to have my amazing therapist, Dr. Nay. But not everybody can get an appointment with Dr. Nay. And I really wanted to break the stigma on getting help or asking for help. So that is why I partnered with a company called online-therapy.com. They have plans that start around $30 a week and you can get weekly therapy sessions for less than $50 a week. You can also get my 20% off code by going to my website, judgingmegan.com, and you go to the therapy tab. And if you click on the link at the bottom, you can get 20% off your first month. So everyone... I am lucky enough, fortunate enough to have Karen Rich on the podcast today. Um, Hi, Karen. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. 
I'm good. And honestly, I need to apologize to you immediately because I know and my listeners know that I, I do um, I do talk about Karens quite a bit on the podcast. And I really want people to know that you spell your name the correct way for Karens. It's C-A-R-Y-N. And if you have listened and you do take offense to my Karen comments, I can already tell that you're not a Karen. I can tell. You know oh. right away. You know right away. I mean, who the Karens are and who they aren't. So yes. has that been has that been an adjustment for you? Like I'm waiting for them to now change the name from the Karens to Megan's. Like, oh my God, that Megan. It's just bad luck, right? That they pick the name Karen. Yeah. You know, didn't it start with like that woman who it was like that whole viral thing a couple summers ago with the dog? Like mm-hmm. her name just happened to have been Karen. So I get, you know what? I get doo doo. I don't know if I can curse because I have got a you can go for it. Go for it. I get shit for it. I get shit for it all the time. Oh, you're a Karen, and my son's (laughs) friends. I've got a teenager. Uh I get it all the time. My husband, my son, they make fun of me all the time. But I say what you said. I'm not a Karen because I don't spell it K A R E N. I'm different. So you know and. Quite frankly, we need more, you know, levity in this world and yeah. it's okay. Like, it's okay to make fun of me. Like, I can laugh along with it because I know yeah. deep down inside I'm not you're a not a, You're not Karen. a Karen. Yeah. And I know people no. with different names that are, are not yeah. Karen. And the one person yeah. I'm talking about in particular, the queen of all Karens, is that's a Karen. You are not a Karen. Yes. I do, however, feel bad when people are named Karen, K-A-R-E-N, and you're in Starbucks and they have, they're like, Karen, and you're like, oh my God, that poor person. Mm -hmm. It's not fair. It's not fair. No, it's not. So I'm going to just introduce you, uh, Karen Rich, and you are a fertility coach and a fertility expert. You've gone through loss. I was introduced to you, I think through like a podcast group. Um, I specifically was looking for somebody that had had expertise in like this field. So I'm so grateful uh, for you to you for coming on the show. So hi. Hi. Um, I just have to say you had me at hello. And I have to tell you, I was listening to your interview with um, Elisa Donovan. Elisa, did I say that right? Yeah. And you you, the two of you had me peeing in my pants because we have such a synergy and like, literally, like, I know we're just going to be fast friends because I am so on your wavelength and I love your philosophy about life, how it happens to you. I'm sorry, for you, not to you. And the signs, like I was just digging your whole vibe. So, um, oh my you know, God. thank you thank so you much so for much. having me. No, thank you so much for coming on. I do believe, and I talk about it a lot, that even my guests that come on the show, however I find them, if they find me or I find them, I believe everything happens for a reason. And people come into my life. It's kind of like I win the lottery with all of my guests have been amazing. And I've built some really great relationships. Elisa is the best. I just went to her book signing um, last weekend. Her book, Wake Me Before You Go, is so good. And she read a, an excerpt from it. And to see her um, and listen to her read it in person is pretty amazing. And then also she's making it into a movie. So I can't wait for that to come mm-hmm. out. Um, but I just wanted to bring you on today because I really wanted to hear your story. Um, I, I 
the next podcast, this last podcast I did, your podcast, and then another one I have coming up, I'm kind of decided to go into an area that I personally have been affected by. Millions of women are affected by this. Um, Women don't talk about fertility. They don't talk about loss. They don't talk about perimenopause. They don't talk about menopause. So on my last podcast with my therapist, Dr. Nadine Macaluso, uh, I really was like, I, I need to talk about this. I myself am about to have surgery on September 24th to have a fibroid with polyps removed. So that should be fine. But I, I was thinking about how so many people go through this loss and this devastation and, and, and like, it's kind of like one of those things where nobody talks about it. So I really wanted to have you on to talk about your own experiences, what you do, and just really educate me and my audience. And hopefully every time I bring somebody like you on, people learn it's okay to talk about it. So thank you again. Oh, no, thank you. Um, Really, I appreciate it. And, you know, this is my life's work, you know, even before I was a fertility coach, because of my long journey. And, you know, I started with infertility treatments in you know, almost over 15 years ago in 2005. So I was in this space even before I decided to become a coach. Um, I was that go-to person, you know, I was the foster child, you know, almost, you know, the foster person for, for, for infertility. If anybody was going through any kind of infertility treatment, they would call me and say, Hey, my friend is going through infertility. Would you talk to her? And I was always that person because everybody knew that I went through it, which is ironic because when I was going through my own journey, I felt such shame and I felt such let down. I was so shameful to even share my story. There were very few people that knew what I was going through because I felt shame that I couldn't get pregnant the natural way. And Mm -hmm. it was really, it, it was hard for me. It was a really long time. It wasn't until I was through it and on the other side until I could really talk about it because there was such shame. I, I was, you know, upset. I felt like if my husband had married somebody else, we wouldn't have to have gone through this. My story started when I was 22 years old and I was diagnosed with endometriosis. And that's where a lot of women's stories start. They don't realize that a heavy period and pain is not normal, but their mothers experience the same thing. And they tell them that it's normal. And they may not have had fertility issues because people were getting married in their, you know, late, you know, teens and early 20s where your chances of conception are much higher. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about you really quickly. Sorry to talk over you. So you, you were diagnosed with the endometriosis at a young age. You're originally, let me, let me hear about you as a person. You're you're originally from New York, you told me, and now you're in the South, correct? Yes. Yeah. So I was born and bred in New York. I grew up in Westchester And, um, I, you know, worked in the fashion industry for about 15 years, um, before I had children and, you know, it was great. It was fun until it wasn't, you know, and that was the first time that I was ever exposed to, you know, any kind of fertility issues. I was working at Donna Karen at the time. It was like a hot place to work at. I was working on the DKNY label and there was a woman who came up to me in the um, bathroom one day and she was pregnant and she felt that she wanted to tell me that she had lupus and that if she didn't get pregnant, she may not ever get pregnant. And that was like the first time that I was really introduced. I was so young. This was probably at the same time that I 
was diagnosed with endometriosis. And that was like the first time that I heard of it, um, you know, kind of infertility, like she had explained the whole thing to me. And, you know, I just went in one ear and out the other, you know, it also went in one ear and out the other when my fertility, you know, when my OBGYN suggested that I go and see a fertility doctor after I was diagnosed with endometriosis. It was a twenty-two story. Yeah. At 22. Yeah. 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 This is so, it's so interesting and so true. Go backwards a little bit for in my own life, my mom never, and I love you, mom. Um, my poor mom, she's been picked on for two podcasts in a row or too many, but she, Aww. you know, I'm Irish Catholic. Um, we don't growing up, uh, you don't talk about sex, right? My mom gave me this book. It's a joke in our family. It's, um, it's, it was like a pi- picture book of like dogs and cats, like laying next to each other. And, um, and they basically were like, having sex. Right. But it was a cartoon. And that's how I learned about what sex was. It was like how babies are made, but the cartoon version, it's kind of like that with fertility and learning about like going to the gyno for the first time when you're like a teenager, young twenties, you're like, wait a second. I'm, I'm young. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously I'm going to get pregnant and have a baby. Like fertility is not even something you even think about. You just assume you're going to be like your mom and have a bunch of babies and be perfectly fine. Right. Yep. A hundred percent. And I just want you to know that you got more of a sex conversation than I did. Cause I'm still waiting for mine. And you know, you may have been <laughs> Irish Catholic, but I was Jewish. So it was same thing, you know, you know, my mother just never, you know, I got the slap when I got my period and that was it. You know, my husband and I both joke that we're still waiting for that conversation. Maybe that's why we had fertility issues, but you know, in truth, you know, it does start there. Um, you know, I think that there's this misconception that just because your, you know, parents didn't have issues is that you're not going to have issues, which is not the truth. And I think that there's a big disservice that's happening because it even goes to everybody's on the pill, right? We were all on the pill. But did your um, GYN ever tell you what the pill does? No, but for me, I got put on, um, it was, it was a shot in my twenties. Mm-hmm. So okay, I got put on some kind of shot and I immediately gained all this weight. And I was like, from <sighs> that day on never, yeah. never, never, never yeah. have I been back, put back on a pill. So yeah. that's yeah. my experience yeah. with the pill, but no, they well, don't but tell even, you. even with the shot, but they don't, but you want to know what that shot did. You want to know what the pill did to me. Do you want to know when women come to me and I ask them if they're ovulating birth control pill hormones, they stop you from ovulating. But that doesn't mean because you have a bleed that you're ovulating, okay? You're, those hormones suppress your body's ability to release an egg. That's why you don't get pregnant. That's why it's birth control, right? People don't understand this. So oftentimes I have women who come to work with me and I ask them, are you ovulating? They're like, of course, I bled last month. I said, those are two different things. Ovulation huh. and bleeding are two different things. Okay. So are you anti birth control pill? No, I am not. anti. Okay. Well, you know, there's pluses and minuses to both of them. Right. Um, yeah. you know, um, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, my heart is with you that, you know, you need to go and have this surgery. Um, I also have a breast cancer survivor and 
I also had polyps and I needed to go off my cancer medications. You know, I'm, I would be lying if I didn't say that the 16 cycles that I went through and all the hormones I had oh, in my wow. system didn't have an impact on me getting cancer in my 40s, in my early 40s. Um, you know, so when you ask me, am I anti-birth control? No. I just believe in transparency. And I think that the medical field these days in so many ways is not being transparent about what things are doing to you and what, how, you know, you see it all the time. How many times are you watching a commercial for some kind of medication? And there's like a thousand disclaimers underneath it. Do you understand it? Like, well, no. I, all I, all I know is that in every commercial for a medicine, I'm going to have diarrhea and die. So I'm like, what? I don't want that to be on that medicine. <laughs> oh my but God. I, it's like, it's I, like, yeah. Like, oh, and death and also diarrhea. So which is worse? And blood Chronic clots diarrhea. and heart conditions. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, sign me up. Okay, so maybe we can talk about that towards the end. But what I want to talk yeah. about right now is your journey through your own fertility issues mm-hmm. and how you kind of got to the place where you are. And any, um, you know, I've, th- I know there's listeners that have gone through, I have friends, so many of my friends have gone through fertility issues last. So let's start with like kind of where you were, you had the, were diagnosed mm-hmm. with the endometriosis, you were working, you ended up going to get tested. Then what happened? So, you know, we, um, we went to our doctor, you know, the first month you try to, you know, you call it baby dancing. It's so exciting. But by the sixth month, I was like, get your hands off of me. I can't even bear to have sex with you anymore. Timed intercourse, not fun. And I was traveling to Hong Kong, you know, every couple of months, oftentimes I'd be ovulating in Hong Kong. My husband was here, you know, that wasn't fun. That's not how you get pregnant. But Mm -hmm. I always knew in the back of my mind that because I had endometriosis, that it could be an issue. Now, there are lots of women who have endometriosis who don't have issues. Where mine was, they couldn't ablate it completely. And I knew. I knew it was going to be an issue. So um, long story short, we went to the doctor. I was in my early 30s at this point, And, you know, we went. We went to um, NYU, got pregnant for a shot. I have a 15-year-old kid. Wonderful. Great. He was a year old. And we wanted to try for baby number two. And being that it took a little bit longer, we went, you know, back into it. And I was so excited to get that phone call after our first cycle. Wasn't pregnant. Next cycle wasn't pregnant. Next cycle I had in my first miscarriage. Then I decided I was going to switch doctors. So I'd like to tell you that it happened quickly. But in actuality, it was five years, 15 cycles, $200,000 that we didn't have. um, And five miscarriages. So, um, it took us a lot to get pregnant with our second and, you know, we really have so much in common, you know, it was so hard for me many a time going through that five-year period to say, why the fuck is this happening to me? Like, I don't understand. Like, I'm not a good, I was, you know, raised with Jewish guilt. So of course it was my fault, right? You know, because it was always my mother in my ear saying, it's my fault, you know, God's punishing you. So, you know, there was that kind of Jewish guilt that I'm brought up with, which I didn't need on top of all the other crap that I had. Um, so finally, finally, you know, I, I, I figured out that I had figured out the proper way to go through a cycle. There, when somebody has such a prolonged period of going through infertility, I figured out what you had to do. That's what I do with my clients today. I figure out how to get them there quicker and easier than I did. And 
unexplained infertility is bullshit, right? It's complete bullshit. There's always an explanation. The doctor's just too lazy. And I went to some of the most famous doctors. I went to um, somebody very famous who went through infertility. I went to her same doctor in New York City. I won't say whom. Had a miscarriage, didn't hear from him for a month, you know? So finally, finally, I'm looking back. And guess what? I got pregnant with twins. Pregnant with twins. It was the, it was like, okay, I get it now. I went through these five years because I got my dream. I wanted to get pregnant with twins. Unfortunately, my um, doctor was a little cavalier and I had horrific pressure and I was funneling and all of these things. But long story short, um, at 20 weeks, I was in Fire Island on vacation with my husband. That's where him and I met. And I started bleeding. And had to be taken by police boat to a hospital that had no MFM, no high-risk doctor. And I had to make a Sophie's Choice decision. Mm -hmm. And it unfortunately was that um, my second son passed to save his twin sister. I was in the hospital for four weeks, uh, five weeks. And I just remember looking back and I just felt like the biggest asshole because I paraded around with my belly. I was so happy that I was pregnant. It was just, and then I felt like an asshole that I didn't listen to my gut because I knew something was wrong. I didn't want to go to Fire Island. And my doctor literally said to me, he, they can't do anything for you there than I can do for you here, which was false. So, you know, I remember him looking at me and saying, maybe you shouldn't have gone away. And I remember just wanting to strangle him. He was just had the biggest complex, but Sophie's choice decision. And I just remember it was a horrible thing. I was on blood thinners because I had a clotting issue and I, I, I had to be put out to deliver him. I needed to be taken back by ambulance from, from Fire Island to, you know, from Long Island back to New Jersey where my doctor was. And I remember being taken in and screaming, put me out, put me out. They couldn't, because of the Lovenox, they, I, I couldn't be awake for it. So they had to put me out completely. And I woke up and I was silent. I was afraid. I was afraid to ask what happened. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, I was told that I still was pregnant, that his placenta was a boy. I didn't know. I never found out with any of my pregnancies, even with my twins, what I had. Um, and, you know, from that point forward, was in the hospital. And, you know, I won't, I'll spare you the whole long story. But unfortunately, um, or fortunately, um, I was able to keep her in for another about four and a half weeks, but she was born at 23 weeks. She had a 3% chance of surviving. She was the size of my hand. She was 435 grams, which was, you know, basically lighter than a can of Coke. And, you know, she every single day was fighting for her life, this child. And I was so hell bent that I was going to do everything in my power to make sure that this child lived because her brother died to save her life. And there was no way. And at times the doctors would laugh at me and they would say these horrible things. And I just was like, I'm just keeping in the moment. And guess what? When she came home after 135 days, four and a half months, she was in the hospital. You know, she's not without her issues. She's not without her problems, but she survived. And the doctor, you know, the very same doctor who wanted to have a cease of life conversation when she was really, really sick looked at me and said, you know, had it been somebody else, had it been a different person, had she been going home to a different house, she may not have come home. And I don't take credit for that because my, my daughter is one of the strongest. You think I'm strong. 
right? This fighter fought for her life. How old is she now? She just turned 10. She just turned 10. Her name is Olive and she's just a miracle. So let me just say something because you might've caught me. I cry on pretty much every podcast. Um, You're a very strong person. And the fact that nobody can, I went through something similar. I've never really talked about it, but it's very different. But um, I did go through fertility stuff and a lot, a lot, a lot of pain. The pain that women go through with loss, whether it be a miscarriage of a soul at, at six weeks, whatever it is, people, men specifically, can't understand. Other people can't understand unless they've gone through this sort of pain. It's the pain of never knowing, and it sticks with you. It sticks with you uh, forever. Like I, I know that I have little angels up in heaven, you know, that are waiting for me. And I really believe that I, 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 all I can say to you is thank you for what you do and you're doing in this world. And thank you for being honest with your story. I think that looking back on my own journey to having my first daughter, Sophie, who's now 11 and my youngest Ella, who's, who's seven, there's a four year difference for a reason. Um, I just know what it was like thinking, Oh, I, I had my baby. I'm going to get pregnant right away. You know, I will space them out two years or whatever it will be. And then you're the, the, the going into these fertility clinics. And I will say this too. I'm, I love my OBGYN. She, there's great doctors out there. There's a lot of really, um, I hate to say it, but sometimes the men in fertility is, is specifically don't understand. That's why I choose to go to a female. My doctor that delivered my baby, my first baby, Sophie and Ella, Dr. Suriel, I talk about her a lot. Um, when, when I had my, um, my spinal block, I was terrified and she looked at me. And she could have had a nurse do this, whatever it was. And she grabbed my hands and she knew what I had gone through. I'd already gone through a lot getting just Sophie, my first. And she said, Megan, it's going to be okay. And she stared at me and held my hands during that moment. And so I really, I know what you're talking about because I also dealt with just like during the fertility stuff, just the biggest obnoxious men that were like everything science. And let me tell you guys something. And Karen, I know you can relate. It's not science. These are these are our babies. This is like the deepest pain that a woman can go through. I remember pushing my stroller into the fertility clinic and there were women sitting in that clinic and they wanted to be like, go F yourself. You already have a baby. What are you even doing in here? Mm. Right? So I hate to go off on that tangent, but I had to tell you that because I that pain is like no other pain that anybody, unless you've gone through it, can relate to. But showing, mm. showing, and then just having an empty womb. You know, it's just, it's it's awful, awful. So thank you, Karen, for telling that story. Of course. And I honor you for sharing your pain too, because 
I do believe, you know, I share so freely and openly because I don't want every, anybody to ever have shame. And I want, I want women out there to know that what you're feeling or your feelings are valid. It doesn't matter how long you carried that baby. It doesn't matter. I agree with you. It is a life. And, you know, God only knows I agree with you on this point. I have been in therapy for the better part of my adult life against, and I did not grow up in a family who believed in therapy, but I will tell you that I would not have gone, gotten through this time, you know, without a therapist. You know, I had a great doctor. I finally found a fertility doctor who would think outside the box and I had a great therapist, but I needed somebody like me who could put all the pieces together because that's what's missing. I think there's this, you know, and especially, you know, one in eight women, one in eight couples are infertile in today's day. That is just clearly the numbers. And one in four will have a miscarriage. And there are so many patients and not enough clinics. They are, you should never be looked at as a number. You should never be marginalized. Your feelings, your thoughts should never be marginalized. You are putting down buku bucks in most states. There's only 17 that cover infertility out of the um, 50 states that actually mandate infertility coverage, which is a travesty, which is something that I work tirelessly on advocating for as well. But your feelings are valid. And this is hard stuff. And I agree with you. There are... Unless you have been in somebody's shoes, do not judge them. I remember being, you know, having Jackson and, you know, primary infertility is awful, but secondary infertility, when you already have one and you cannot explain to this child why they're not being promoted to a big brother or big sister, that is a special kind of hell. It's just impossible. They cannot comprehend it. They cannot understand it. My kids, you know, um, Olive and and Jackson and, and Olive were all... Um, Olive is um, Olive's twin. Um, Jackson's my oldest son. Um, they're almost five years apart, right? And it's not by choice. And it's so nasty when people are like, oh, you waited a long time. And I look at them and I literally just shut them up and say it wasn't by choice. It wasn't by choice. I you know, think you that people need to, that. yeah, people need to understand. And I've actually been, I've caught myself doing this. Um, when somebody says to somebody, when are you having kids? You're married. When are you having kids? Well, how, like you don't realize how rude that is to say to somebody. And I, and I'm saying that I've made this mistake. You just assume, oh, you've been married two years, three years. Where are you having kids? Where are your kids? Well, you don't know. And people don't talk about it. And you're not at a cocktail party where somebody's going to be like, well, um, it's just an assumption that people make like, and I've done it myself. I'm guilty of it. Oh, are you having another one? It's just like, it's a question that we just right. assume is okay to ask and it's not okay to ask. And I've had to think about that and try to not do it. Um, I don't think anybody's coming from a bad place, but no, it, it's, no. it's a, it's a well, painful trigger. It's a painful yeah. trigger for people. Um, it, is. it is. We have right? to stop asking women when they're having kids, when they're having another kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to stop doing that. But um, I want to share one other part of my story that I didn't share with you. Oh, please do. Please do. So, you know, it's kismet, you know, and, you know, for as much pain as I went through and I felt like my pregnancy was ripped from me, um, you know, I didn't get to carry for as long as I did and, you know, didn't get to wear my maternity clothes. I, I, I lost that period. 
you know, I just assumed at this point that, you know, I was never going to get pregnant again. I wasn't, it was my, my daughter has a lot of health issues. She's got a lot of delays and, and, and issues and something happened to her in the NICU where she lost the toes on her left foot and, and her leg has a discrepancy. She has a lifetime of surgeries in front of her. She's already had probably like 40 surgeries. Um, she needs to have her leg lengthened. We go to Florida for this, but I digress. So, you know, we had three embryos and I had always wanted to have three children and I did have three children, just not in the way I wanted to. Right. One was unfortunately buried in a cemetery. Um, but you know, I, went back to my doctor because my, my thyroid was like out of whack and I knew that I wasn't feeling well. And general doctors, you know, you should never go to them if you feel like your thyroid is not working um, well. And and my numbers were going to, my TSH was like a two, three, four, five. He would not put me on medication. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go visit my, um, my um, fertility doctor, my RE, because I know she'll help me out with the synthroid. And I know, you know, maybe we can talk about the embryos. I was trying, you know, to just figure out a way where I can just put them in and see if it worked. It didn't work. So while we were there, we discovered that she thought I might've been having a fibroid issue and she put me on the synthroid and sent me on my way. And she said, call me, we'll do an HSG when you get your period. And I literally remember looking at her going, fucking kidding me. Like, really? We're going to wait for this? Like that ship is sailed. And she goes, Karen, I don't do it. You know my policy. And I'm like, okay, well, guess what? My period never came. And I remember it clear as day. I did not get excited by it. I just, you know, reached out to her and I'm like, hey, you know, it's been like six, seven weeks. My period didn't come. I know. I know what the protocol is. I know I'm not pregnant, but I know you need to send me for blood work. Well, guess what? I'm in Nordstrom's changing Olive's diaper. I'll never forget it. She had just turned two. And I get a phone call and it's my fertility doctor. And she says, hey, Karen. And I'm like, hi, what's going on? She's like, what are you doing this afternoon? And I said, I don't know. I'm in Nordstrom's. I'm waiting for Jackson to get home. She said, um, would you like to come in for a fetal ultrasound? And I'm like, <gasps> Dr. Oh Cohen, that's for people who are pregnant. She goes, I know. So I was like, I don't believe you. I think you messed up my blood work. She goes, I thought that too. She literally, she goes, check your email. She took a picture. My HSG was like through the roof. And I went in that day. Guess what? I got pregnant at 42 with one fallopian tube because I had lost one of my tubes in one of my pregnancies. I had an ectopic pregnancy. And I have a little girl who's seven years old. Her name is Magnolia. And she was a blessing. And she renewed my faith and hope. It almost came full circle that out of pain came this wonderful experience, something that I thought my body could never do. Like I thought, you know, you hear these stories all the time of women who go through infertility issues and then get pregnant naturally. That happened to other people. That didn't happen to me. But guess what? It did. And my story is so unique, you know, with everything that happened. Like I think I was written up in a medical journal because it's actually very rare to have an interval twin delivery like I did. You know, it's just, you know, I am so fortunate and so blessed. And I knew that it was on my heart after this happened. And this was such a healing pregnancy for me. Um, you know, my OBGYN and my MFM at the time told me never to get pregnant again, that it was my fault that I went into, um, delivery early, that it was my body, that I should never, ever, ever try to have another baby again. If I did, I should get a surrogate. 
Well, guess what? I made it to almost 37 weeks with the right doctor, with the right care with my daughter. So, you know, it's just, you know, my story was a roller coaster, but ultimately my story is one of hope. There's so much pain in there. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of loss. Um, but it'll never bring my son back. I will never forget him. You know, this year was very tough. It was 10 years. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I am just so grateful to him. I will always be grateful to him. And Olive knows that he saved her life, you know, and what happened to me helps me help other women. So, you know, that's what it's about. That's what it's about, Karen. You live your life going through this kind of stuff. I mean, I, I mean, that is an absolute miracle. If you don't believe in miracles, I don't know Mm -hmm. like what Mm -hmm. to say to you. Um, that's amazing. And it's just the point that like, what you're saying is you decided to go into this. This was your calling. You're supposed to be helping women. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to be talking about it. You're supposed to be writing books and on podcasts and getting this word out that it's okay to talk about. Um, like you, I ended up getting pregnant with Ella, my seven-year-old, after going through fertility, after going through those shots. Um, I decided to, to go to uh, an act to start acupuncture. Um, mm-hmm. And so I went to do acupuncture and I actually got pregnant on my own. It was all stress-related. So that's huge mm-hmm. when infertility. And mm-hmm. um, I did have an IUI. So I did have that help, but I wasn't ha- on the shots or anything at that point. And then mm-hmm. I got pregnant with my little miracle and they're all, you know, they're all miracles. I, I say that right mm-hmm. now and I'm going to go pick them up in a little while. And I might not think that five minutes in, <laughs> <laughs> but, I know. Um, but I love hearing your story. So let's talk about now what you're doing to help women. Like what exactly do mm-hmm. you do? So, you know, as I said, it was just like sitting on my heart and it's just like, it feels like I had to do something with it. This didn't just, this happened so that I could help other women. So, you know, about three years ago, it just, you know, there was no such thing as fertility coaching. There was no community back in the day when I started, you had Yahoo groups. That's really what it was. Right. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, you had you know, this big, um, boom on Instagram, there's a huge, um, fertility community in Instagram where we all love and support on each other. I mean, I I take that with a grain of salt because I feel like with my clients that sometimes it can be a little bit triggering and just because something happened for somebody or you read it on Dr. Google, or you hear it on Instagram doesn't mean that it's right for you. So there has to be a balance. So, you know, what I do is I'm kind of, you know, the trifecta, you know, you, you've got a good therapist, you have a doctor who you love, hopefully. I'm the one who kind of, you know, makes that a triangle and helps filter out the information um, between the two of them and to help, you know, kind of pull all the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, You would think that a doctor, you know, would be able to provide that entirely, but they can't. Um, They're not in your shoes. They don't understand. Oftentimes, you know, I hear it, you know, they're looked at like a number They're, you know, these fertility doctors are contacting you and telling you that you're not pregnant through a portal message and not calling you like it's just become very cold. It's become very impersonal. And, you know, I am 
there are lots of fertility coaches out there. Some of them work on mindset. Some of them, you know, work in various different ways. I kind of work in a 360 degree approach to everything, but I'm an, I'm a woman of action. And what my jam is being able to focus and pinpoint what's missed from the process. Oftentimes you wouldn't believe, you know, just because lab core says your thyroid numbers are right, doesn't mean that that's true. You know, so I am the one who's able to, you know, um, you know, take a, a bird's eye view of what's going on. Um, oftentimes I have women who come to me, um, you know, I, I serve, you know, women suffering from, you know, secondary infertility and recurrent miscarriage and IVF failure. I don't work with somebody who's just starting out per se. Pe- women come to me after they've been at this for a while and they just don't know what to do. Um, that's my jam. That's how I help them. I help them figure out what to do. Is it all like word of mouth? Because I didn't even know that this existed. You know, that's the thing. It's like, I wish I would have known that you existed Mm -hmm. when I was going through this. They don't tell you this kind of thing. No, no, no. And, you know, it's, um, yes, it's word of mouth. I mean, you know, I've got a website, you know, I have an Instagram following, you know, I, I think that, you know, Instagram is really where the infertiles are hanging out these days, you know, it's not yeah. so much Facebook. And I think that that's, you know, where it is. And I just really tailor my content to everything. You know, I'm, I'm often found chatting in the DMs with people on Instagram, um, you know, women looking for advice and, um, you know, figuring out if coaching is, is, you know, my type of coaching is, is what, you know, they can use. Um, you know, I, you know, will oftentimes, you know, meet with somebody on a zoom and, discuss what it is and figure out whether I can be of service or not, you know, and, and I can't serve everybody. Um, you know, you know, I may not be the best thing, but I've got a whole network, you know, what the lovely thing is, you know, and I see you being this type of woman as well. I champion other women, you know, I am besties with another fertility coach and we do lives every week. We're in clubhouse together. We're going on this new app called peanut, which is from the UK which is for, um, you know, women in fertility issues and menopause and birth. Um, you know, I don't look at this as in a lack way whatsoever, you know, and this is a lot of development, you know, I'm heading into a new big birthday coming up this year. Um, you know, it's taken a lot of development on my part, not to feel a lack mentality, but I, I champion other women and I'm friends with other fertility coaches and, you know, there's a network of us and we, and we refer to each other based on what somebody needs. I, first of all, I think that's amazing. I think that, um, I think that what is your really quickly, what's your Instagram and your website? I'm going to have it in the show notes. Um, but I want to make sure you say it on here too. Yeah, sure. So my website is actually under construction at the, at the moment, but it's karenrich.com. And I'm also Karen Rich, C-A-R-Y-N-R-I-C-H on Instagram. You'll see me with big curly hair. You can't miss me. I just followed you um, earlier, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I will um, definitely follow you back. I think that, um, like going backwards a little bit, I just think that this whole thing, that's why I decided to do this. I'm like, I, you know, I wish I would have had a podcast and I would have been able to talk to you when I was seven years ago or eight years ago, when I was trying to get pregnant, it was a very lonely, it was a lonely place to be. That's what I'll say. And going through the loss of, um, the loss that I went through, just like you, I immediately went into therapy. Um, at the time I remember thinking, 
this has to happen. I have to get pregnant right away. If I don't get pregnant, I I can't go on. And I became obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, my heart goes out to these women. I'm sure you see this on Instagram. It's, it's painful. It's almost like when, you know, when you're young and like your friends start to get married and you don't get married when they do. And it's like, you're not jealous, but a part of you kind of is, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. Oh no, when am I going to get married? Um, and I feel like it's kind of like that too, with pregnancy and having the families, people look at, or look at from the outside, you know, like we're all living in dollhouses and it's like, Oh, they're so lucky. They have the best family. Mm. Well, you don't, you don't know how, what they went through to get those kids. No. And it's just so important that really we, we, um, as women support each other. So I'm so grateful that you're doing this because I think it makes such a difference in people's lives. And, um, Mm -hmm. and, and I believe souls come into your life for different reasons. And I believe your souls are still like surrounding you. Do you believe in signs? I always ask that. Mm -hmm. No, I do. I really, really do. And, you know, it's really funny. Um, I, um, am estranged from my parents for many reasons, but that's a conversation for another day. But um, my <laughs> father-in-law, <two. laughs> yeah, part two. Um, my father-in-law passed away about five years ago, and um, there's a frog. There's a frog that comes to us every single time my husband and I are sitting outside, and that we're like, "Hey, Papa, it's him. It is him." Like I totally believe in that. Um, you know, I, I. Um, you know, I, I wish I had a sign for Olive, Olive, my second son. Um, you know, I, I wish I had one, but it, it's just, you know, I, I think, and, and I wish, you know, he will always be a part of me. It never, you know, it never gets easier. You know, it, it, there, that pain just hurts. You know, my mother-in-law, he's, he's buried in New Jersey um, where we were. And my mother-in-law um, went to go visit his grave on his birthday this past June. and you know, she, she left the phone, she FaceTimed, you know, and, and, um, I just started crying, you know, it's just, I I'm waiting for it not to hurt. Right. I'm waiting for it not to hurt, but I think his sign is his sister. Yeah. His sign is his sister. You know, that's how I look at it. But yes, I'm very superstitious, um, about, you know, various things. I mean, God only knows I had like a, you know, a, 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 uh, a, evil eye charm with a red the entire time of my pregnancy. Like I'm very yeah. much, uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Like that's, I just you know, showed my evil eye. Sorry. I'm all about mm-hmm. the evil eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, you know, but yes, I, I do believe in signs. I do believe that this was what I was meant to be. I would always say when I worked in the fashion industry, I would say to my husband, I'm like, yeah, I mean, people think it's so glamorous to work in the fashion industry. It is not glamorous one tiny little bit. I right? know. I know and a ton of people that have worked in It's fashion. not glamorous. Yeah. It was misery. It was a misery. I hated every moment of it. I mean, yes, I had clothing allowances and I worked with some great people and, you know, um, you know, I have great stories of famous people from that time, but you know, it wasn't brain surgery, right? You know, yeah, it was very fulfilling. I worked at Victoria's Secret. I'd see somebody on the street who would think that they were wearing pajamas out, you know, and I was like, Hey, you know, I did that. But it wasn't brain surgery. It didn't change the world, right? This, to me, I feel like I'm making an impact. I'm doing the work that I 
was put on this world to be. You know, as I said, you know, I'm very much midlife. I've got a big birthday coming up. You know, we all are searching for what our meaning is in life. Like, what is the meaning of life? And I think even more so in the last two years, we've been asking ourselves these questions like, why is this happening? Right. You know, and I, you know, I hate it when people would say to me, you're so strong. I hate it. You know, not not saying that I'm not, but I mean, or, or, and then the next sentence would be, I don't know how you did it. I wouldn't be able to do that. You know, I had a very good friend who was, um, on the fence about, you know, giving, having children period. And she saw what we were going through. And she looked at me one day and she goes, I can't believe you're going through everything you're going through. I would never do that. Well, let me tell you fast forward four years. And she looked at me and she, you know, told me that they were going through infertility treatment. And she looked at me and she goes, I had no idea. And I'm so sorry that I said that the way that I did. You don't know, like going back to what you said before, you don't know what it's like to be in somebody's shoes until you're in those shoes. Right. And it doesn't matter how many children that you have. Like I've had friends who have said to me who wanted to have a fourth child and their husband didn't want them. And they were, you know, coming to me for counsel. And then they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I know you went through everything. I'm like, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter. We've all got our shit, right? We all have our shit and it doesn't matter. Your feelings are valid. And the fact that you want to have another child and can't, that's still valid. It doesn't matter how many children you have already. It's still a want that you cannot fill your soul with, right? You know, so I, I, you know, I understand that. And I just think as a world, we need to stop judging each other as women, especially. We cannot judge. And, you know, every time my husband would come home and say so-and-so was pregnant when we were trying to get pregnant with our oldest, you know, I finally looked at him and I was like, stop fucking telling me. And he's like, you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're so jealous. I'm like, no, I'm happy for them. I'm sad for me. And I don't need it in my face. And I can tell you multiple miscarriages where my husband would go out drinking that night and I would sit home, you know, crying, you know, I mean, but that's again, another story for another day. You know, we were in a no, much but different it's, place. It's so true. I was thinking, I posted something the other day on Instagram and, um, when I was a little, when I was a kid, I had a pretty hard upbringing and I went through a lot of trauma and, I was having like, you know, one of those days where you're screaming at your kids and I have a tween and she doesn't listen to anything I say. And I was looking at old pictures on my phone and I looked at it and I thought for a minute, cause I've gone through a lot of stuff the past couple of years. Um, I looked at it and I went all, if you would have told me 20 years ago that I was going to be happily married to my soulmate, who, by the way, like we fight and we don't get along like everyone else, but he is, he's my best friend. He's my mm-hmm. soulmate. Mm-hmm. And you're going to send, and God, and God was going to send me these two babies, these two little girls. And I had like a ball to look like crystal ball 20 years ago, or whenever it was that I was going through hard things like hard loss, I wouldn't have believed you. And so I'm so grateful I posted this picture and I think it's important for us to like celebrate all of the wins in our loss, but also remember the losses and remember like that not everybody is as fortunate as you and I are. We went through our things, but there are so many women out there. And and if you are listening, like reach out to a friend, reach out to somebody. You don't know what they're going through that they went through to have 
their babies, you know, um, or they can't get pregnant. You know, I know, I know a couple of people that have tried and tried for years and years and years, and they never were as fortunate as we both are to have those babies. So I think, um, I think as women, that's part of why I brought you on. It's so important to talk about this. If you are listening and you are struggling with fertility and you want to be pointed in the right direction, please reach out to Karen or please reach out to me and I'll get you in touch with Karen. Um, you know, you, you said something a few minutes ago, and this is how I've decided to live my life moving forward. Um, I was in corporate America. I was miserable. I had a high paying sales job. I was missing something. I decided to change my life after going through some hard things. And now I'm doing this podcast and I love it. I like, I live for recording with people like you and meeting new friends. And I just think it's so important. Like you said, that we have purposes in life and what you're doing is giving back to the universe. And you don't even know that somebody might be listening to your story right now and you just change their whole life. So Karen, I'm really proud of you. We're new friends. I do believe we're supposed to be in each other's lives 100%. Um, And um, before I close the show, I wanted to say thank you guys so much, or everyone. I'm learning now that you can't say you guys. You have to say everyone because you want to be inclusive. I try to, to correct myself every podcast. But if you went on my website... And you donated a Chardonnay. No, it's not really a Chardonnay for me to drink, but it's to to continue to produce my show and pay Danny and get all of get all of my episodes out weekly. I appreciate you going to judgingmegan.com, clicking on the buy me a Chardonnay and donating money if you so choose. If you can't, no big deal. Thank you for always supporting and listening to me. And if you like my podcast and you would like to leave me a review on Apple. You can go on to Apple and just leave me a review. I would love it. So thank you so much. It makes people be able to find me easier. And I just appreciate all the support. Karen, I would love to have you on again to talk about your big birthday, which by the way, because now we're in a separate place in our lives. I'm in my 40s. You're in your 40s. You're hitting the big birthday. But I think that we're now going into the separate after you have kids, you go into the perimenopause and the menopause. And, um, I think that that's, I'm trying to talk a lot about that too, because it's also something that people don't talk about. So I would love to have you Mm -hmm. back on for another hour to talk about it. Because I, like you said in the beginning, I'm going to somebody and I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm just trying to like, get my hormones under control and catch it before I start going through all the fun things like losing my hair, which is like one of my last things I like about myself. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, um, and I don't want to shop, shop at Chico's and J. Jill. I need to like, own, Oh God, no. Right. No, 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 no J. Jill, no Chico's. Sorry, mom. My mom loves Chico's. No mom jeans. No mom jeans. No mom jeans. No, no, no not cute. No. Um, but Karen, thank you so much for coming on. You're going to come on again, I hope, because yes, I, I want to that. have a oh part gosh, two. Yes. And thank yes, you for I what you're that. doing. 
Okay. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. It has been such an honor and, and meeting you and, and we're, we're staying in touch. We sure are. And in closing, keep living, keep praying and keep growing. everybody. Have you heard of Instacart? If you have not heard of Instacart, I don't know where you have been living because it saved my life. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I can get my stuff delivered to my house. And if you go to judgingmegan.com forward slash Instacart, you will get $35 off of your first order if you've never ordered before. So I would say get on there right now and skip your trip to the grocery store. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.